The Scoop Podcast is brought to you by SCN Coalition. You may know SCN is lurking in your fields, but do you know how much it's costing you? The new SCN Profit Checker tool tells you. Powered by data collected from more than 25,000 university research plots, this tool defines that economic toll field by field, driving home the need for active SCN management. Learn more at thescncoalition.com. And welcome to the Scoop Podcast. I'm editor of the Scoop, Margie Echelkamp. Today, we are talking to Robin Brown. She is the Human Resources Director at the Equity, a full-service regional cooperative based in Effingham, Illinois. Robin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. So just to get us kicked off, tell us a little bit about the equity, the team that you guys have, how many employees, and again, you're a full service cooperative, so all kinds of different roles. Absolutely. So we service central Illinois. Um, We cover all the way from Champaign to Champaign, Illinois, down to Mount Vernon, Illinois, to St. Louis, and then over into Indiana. So we added our first Indiana location about two years ago. So that's very exciting. And we are a full service cooperative. So we offer agronomy products, whether that be fertilizer and seed, as well as your grain, um, energy, feed and livestock. And then we even have two small hardware stores. That's awesome. So how many employees do you guys have today? So we have a total of 623 employees. Of that, we have about 510 that are full-time. So the rest of those are seasonal employees. As you know, we have, um, because of being so large in agronomy, we have a huge seasonal business, fall and spring. And so we rely on those seasonal employees to help us take care of the farmers. Yeah. So when, as a full service cooperative, you've got a lot of seasonal workforce. What have been some of the challenges that you've had in filling that labor need as it comes every year? Yeah. Some of the challenges for the first one is just getting people to apply. You know, everybody is fighting for the same workforce. And when you're in rural America, it's a very small workforce and, um, we, we work a lot of hours. So that's, that is not appealing to some, it is to others. Once we get people here, they love it because they get to be outside and they're not stuck doing the same thing all the time, but it's just getting people to the first, first thing is getting them to apply. Um, you know, and then when you, you're, you're talking to somebody on the phone or in person doing an interview and, you tell them about the position and, you know, they'll ask how many hours and they're just, they're floored by the number of hours our employees are putting in. And that's, we want to get to a point where we have enough employees. So our employees are not putting in those kind of hours, but we got to get those applicants first. Yeah. So you and I were recently, recently at an industry event together talking all about the labor issue in agribusiness. And you shared that this past year, 
you guys tried something new to help fill that labor need. And you brought in, I think it's 20 H2A visa workers to be seasonal employees at the equity. Tell us a little bit more about why you guys got turned on to the H2A visa program and how the first year went. So yeah, we we were very excited. This was our first year. It was very successful. We got turned on to the H2A program by other cooperatives that were doing it. Um, and they were having success. And, you know, we got to the point, we've got to do something because we don't have enough people to service, service our customers. And so um, we actually started the process. So 2023 was our first year. We started the process of applying in the spring of 2022. It is a long process to apply and, and get everything completed. Um, but that's we had workers arrive in April of this year, which is a little later than what we uh, would hoped for, just, you know, timing. Um, but it they hit the ground running and we are wrapping up our first year. So they will all be going home just right before Thanksgiving. And we conducted interviews with each one of them just last week to see how it went for them. You know, it's a completely, it's one thing for us, we think it went phenomenal, but we wanted to hear from them and how they thought it went. And about half of them had been in the U.S. before working and half of them, it was their first time and they all had rave reviews. You know, the program was really successful. They enjoyed the work they were doing. They enjoyed getting to work on the farm. Um, so it was just, it was a positive experience for both. Yeah. So I think I learned that there are about a hundred thousand H2A visas every year. You guys had about 20, correct? How correct. did you spread them across your locations and what roles were they doing? Absolutely. So we kept them pretty close to, to our corporate office, Effingham, just because it being our first year, we wanted to be close to them. If there were any problems that arose, we were close. Um, so we, and we kept about three of those H2A workers per location and spread them out just here close to Effingham. And they were doing everything from, you know, in the beginning, they were just kind of learning the ropes because, you know, a lot of the we, safety is such a big issue for us. And, you know, they went through the entire safety program from top to bottom. They had to pass their anhydrous test, just everything like that, because we, you know, um, we want everybody to go home as good or better than when they came to work that day. And um, so that was what we'd spent our time doing at first. And then we got them out at the locations and they were um, pumping in hydras and they were delivering seed and they were um, kind of just getting their feet wet. And then this summer we took them um, and we got training in simulator for, for the tractors and they've been applying in the fields. And um, if you ask all, every single one of them, the best part of their job is getting to be in that tractor applying. Um, to be a, an applying applicator. That's yes. excellent. And which is great because we are, we are so short applicators. So it's been, um, they really enjoyed it and it's been fun getting to see them grow in their positions. Yeah. So you did require them to be CDLs? No. So um, they 
we basically took the application machines to their to the um, field and then and then they got in them from there. We are not requiring CDL. Um, it's just it's 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 expensive and it's a you know three to six week course depending on the location. And so um, you know they're really just here when we're busy. And so it's kind of like feet on the ground, we gotta go. So yeah. Excellent. So we are talking to Robin Brown. She's the HR director at the Equity. We'll be right back. I have a lot more questions on what they learned their first year bringing in H2A workers after this message from our sponsor. For today's industry spotlight, we have Iowa State University nematologist Greg Tilka. Greg, we have a new SEN profit checker. Tell us about the data powering that tool. Well, the data, Margie, come from 25 years worth of field work, over 35,000 research plots conducted throughout Iowa and funded by the Soybean Checkoff. Now, for folks to get started, they need four pieces of information when they head to scnprofitchecker.com. What information do they need? First, they need a SCN egg count, which comes from a soil sample collected and processed. Fall is a perfect time to do that. Secondly, they need to enter the percent sand content of the field that they're interested in. Third is the pH of the field that they're interested in, and those two factors greatly affect SCN yield loss. And the final thing is something called a uh, female index on PI88788. That's a specialized number, specialized test that comes from an HG type test. Fortunately, if they don't have that, the calculator has built in a default number for each state. Excellent. And Greg, why is the SEN Coalition encouraging agronomists and retailers to use the SEN Profit Checker? Well, despite it being a major yield reducing factor, oftentimes the damage is unseen above ground. And so this takes research data, allows a farmer to enter his or her numbers for their field, and it will calculate a percent yield loss. And then by entering their yield expectation and market price, that percent yield loss will be converted to dollars per acre estimated yield loss. And hopefully that will incentivize folks to more actively manage soybean cyst nematode. Again, that tool is available at scnprofitchecker.com, and that is Iowa State University nematologist Greg Tilka. And welcome back to the Scoop podcast. We're talking to Robin Brown from the Equity. She helped lead the team to bring in 20 H2A workers to help really fill the void in their labor needs at that full service cooperative. Now, Robin, there's some interesting parameters for the H2A program. You, you referenced one, which is the time limitation. Really, you're looking at a 10-month time window for seasonal labor need on a farm for a farmer is the way I understand it. You also alluded to some of the other um, regula regulations, the paperwork, the specifics around the program. What were you surprised about in your process of this first year? Honestly, the first thing I was surprised with is the time frame in which it took to get everything approved. When we start, when we first sent in our application, it was 11 week turnaround. And then as 
as the as it progressed, then it turned into a 17 week turnaround. And now we're at a 25 week turnaround. So it's for anybody that's wanting to to do things quickly. It's not a quick process. Um, that was probably our biggest surprise. And then the next surprise is all the so in order for me to drive any of our workers, I have to be FLCE certified, which in it is a it's an easy process for the I have to get fingerprinted, um, get a certificate of health that I'm healthy to drive them. Um, it's very similar to what the CDL process would be. And then we have to send that off. And that's that's in and of itself is easy. But again, it's a 25 week turnaround. So if you have somebody that was FLCE certified and they leave your company or, you know, change positions, whatever, and they're no longer in that in that position to be able to drive those employees, it can really create some logistical issues. Yeah. I understand. So now you handled a lot of the facilitation internally at the equity, but I'm assuming you also had some other experts, other resources that helped you through the process. Who did you lean on? Oh, absolutely. So the first thing it was recommended is that we um, work with an attorney, an immigration attorney, because there are just so many things that hoops that you've got to go through and laws that you have to, to know. And so we have worked with an immigration attorney from day one. So thankful for that. It is a cost, but it is well worth the cost. And there's a lot of great ones out there. Um, we worked with Farmer Law, um, great attorney, but there are other attorneys out there that are great at it as well. Um, and they helped all the way through the process, working with the consulates in the countries that you're recruiting from. Um, and there are many different countries that you can recruit from. from. So that's great as, as well. Um, we did have more success with South Africa. We tried to recruit from Haiti and from Brazil as well. And for whatever reason, their consulates denied those visas to come and work in the U.S. Um, we we don't really know why they don't really give an explanation. So, uh, but we had very good success recruiting and working with the South African consulates. So then, once folks are here in the United States, you've provided their transportation here. You've provided their transportation even from the airport, as well as there's certain specificity around housing. Now, I, I think I heard from somebody else in this sector of the industry and bringing in uh, H-2A workers, there's about a 7% fallout rate in a year. So what would you just share as far as how you guys help be set up for success to have good fit between the workers and the work to be done and your guys' culture at the equity? The first thing is before they made the commitment to come here is we had a long conversation with every single H-2A employee of what the area was like, what they could expect with the weather, um, what they can expect with their positions and the hours they're putting into. I mean, you know, you think about they're coming halfway across the world. It's completely different. They're getting ready to go home. And last week it was cold. 
And they said, I've never experienced cold like that. I'm like, it was only 42 degrees, just wait, you know? And um, so they're excited to be going home because it's summer there, you know? So there's different things like that, that we, we don't realize. And um, if they're coming into it blindly, it can really set them up for failure. Um, you know, we even went as far as we explained what the housing was going to entail, what, how the setup was, what, what their houses looked like. We sent them pictures of our equipment. This is the tractors that we run. And, and these are the facilities that we run, you know, just so they could kind of get an understanding of who we are and what we look like before they even made that commitment. And I really think that is what set us up in the beginning for success. When they arrived, we had a week of not only did they do all their training, but we talked about what's expected, what is not appropriate, um, you know, different cultures, different, different countries have different cultures, you know, what is expected here, um, you know, things is where can they go to the doctor, where's the good, the grocery store, you know, where can they find, um, you know, just all those things, if they needed jeans or, or work clothes, and they didn't have the funds to, you know, they didn't want to buy new, where was the best resale stores and just different things like that, really getting them a good sense of the community that they're going to be staying in. Excellent. So Robin, what are your guys is plans for your labor needs in 24 in regards to the H2A program? Yes. So we have already sent in our application for 2024 and we are applying for about 48 um, H2A employees. And we extended an offer for all of all of our current H2A employees to return and they all accepted. So I thought that was that said a lot, you know, um, so luckily we'll only have about we'll have about 28 of those positions to fill. Um, we have gotten a lot of good word of mouth publicity. And so we've had a lot of um, people reaching out to us saying, hey, we would, you know, we live in, in South, South Africa and Brazil are the two biggest ones, which they have a big agricultural presence. Right. Um, and so we've had a lot of people reaching out saying, hey, we've heard about you. We, we would like to come work for you. So that's really great too. Excellent. Well, I mean, it sounds like you guys have had a positive experience doubling the, the footprint of the program for your guys's team. What's one thing you would share with your HR peers across the ag retail industry about H2A? That it is a scary process. If you have not done it, it is scary to think about, you know, it's just a lot, it's a lot of paperwork and, you know, it's, you know, you're inviting these people to come and stay with you or, you know, you're housing them, everything. There's just a, a different relationship there than what you have with your, your current employees and to not be scared that it's a great experience. If you find somebody that is, you know, find a, a an immigration attorney that can help you along the way, um, ask questions 
talk to anybody that already is doing the program, ask them what was good, what was bad, um, learning experience, because there was lots of learning experiences throughout the throughout the period, you know, um, but I just don't be afraid. Excellent. Okay, Robin, we like to wrap up each interview with kind of three lightning round questions. Okay. So you can wear your HR manager hat or you can take it off for these. Okay. So Number one, if you had the magic wand to solve one problem, what would it be? It would be the labor issue. Number two, what is the most used app on your phone? <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Robin, one prediction for the year ahead. So I hope we get to see each other before next year. But if we're visiting again in November of 24, what do you think we're going to be talking about? Oh, November of 24. That could be, there could be big changes. Um, so I, 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 I'm excited what 2024 will bring. I, I honestly, I think we'll be talking about current events if we were talking a year from now. Yeah. It's probably going to be top of mind for all of us. You are yes. so intuitive. Awesome. That is Robin Brown. She is human resource director at the equity. Robin, if folks do want to connect, how can they find you or the equity online or on social media? So we're on LinkedIn. Um, they can reach out to me via our website, which is www.theequity.com. Um, any, give me a, they can find my email on there. Any question is, is a welcomed question. Awesome. Robin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. So that I'm Margie Eckelkamp, editor of The Scoop. Thank you all for joining us. I hope you learned something. I hope that we perhaps opened up opportunity for the labor issue that I know so many are experiencing. And until we are back on the podcast, I wish you all a safe and productive season.